I love this show. I love this show. I've told all my co I've told all my coworkers. I've told all my coworkers. Listen to it every day. Listen to it every day and it's amazing. Do you have the spark? Welcome to another episode of Leaders of Walmart. And today we're doing something a little different. We've got one of the founders of this thing on. We've got Jay Ocean. So Jay, instead of me telling everyone about you, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and then we'll start to get into your Walmart story. Hey, Zach. Hey, everybody. Uh, you know, it's kind of a funny feeling that we're here interviewing uh, one another, but it's, it's a great honor uh, and a privilege and I appreciate the screen time. Uh, my name's Jay Ocean. I am a proud Walmart associate, first and foremost. Uh, my current role, uh, my title is field project manager, and I operate under the greater Walmart Realty umbrella, specifically for Realty Execution Team. All right, very good. So could you tell us a little bit, what exactly is your Walmart story? How did this whole thing get started for you? Yeah, so um, I, I'm, I love uh, this question. Uh, I love asking anybody and everybody this question. Uh, and I'm, I'm very excited to be able to, to tell mine. Uh, so I started with the company um, as a part-time overnight modular team associate slash overnight stalker in a super center uh, in Arizona um, in, in 2011. Um, I worked for about two and a half years as an hourly in that building. Um, and it was obviously for those who've been around, it was before, uh, Doug and Greg and the, the current leadership structure, uh, came into place. So it was a little bit of a different environment for everyone. And uh, I didn't have a bad experience, uh, as a whole, um, but I did have questionable, uh, moments with, uh, management, salary management specifically. And I, I learned a lot during that two and a half years. Uh, every, you know, aside from modulars and stocking, I learned how to cashier. I did my first inventories. I did my first events. Um, I, I did the IMS system when it was still in place. Um, I, I helped out a lot as part of a, a, a the conglomerate, conglomerate operations team on the front line. And it provided me with a lot of uh, experience, hands-on experience. But after two and a half years, um, I, didn't, I didn't get the feeling from my store management or my salary management that, that I was much more than a, a warm body. And so I made the decision to quit the company and, and turn in my resume resignation. But in hindsight, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't quitting the company. I was quitting my management. And I, I took about a, a year hiatus to try other things, work for a com competitor, and ultimately came back around in 2014 because uh, my information was still active in the system. And I got a, a cold call from a team that was standing up a brand new neighborhood market in the Metro Phoenix area. And, uh, you know, I, 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 got, I got into an interview um, and I talked to the store management and the salary management who was going to be running that store. And I let them know. I said, look, I, I left for a reason. And uh, if you if you want me back, I'll come back. But it's on a trial by by basis. And I gave them about a 30 day uh, time frame. And I said, if, if you if you don't pan out as a management team and I don't see that you're uh, about taking care of our people, then I'm, I'm out. I'm back. I'm back where I, I started. So I came back on. Uh, it turned out to be 
uh, once again, 2014. So Doug and Greg were already full force and they had started making some significant changes uh, within the organization. And I I've loved every minute of being back with the company since that day. Uh, I'm, a I'm a huge advocate of Doug's and the, and the current leadership that he's had in place since 2014. Uh, spent time as a support manager, uh, spent time uh, in the home office uh, team as a field project supervisor, now known as a field assistant manager with Realty. And that's where I've spent the, since uh, the past five years almost is traveling the country, uh, setting major Realty projects in, in our store fleet. Yeah, I love how even though, you know, that first initial experience wasn't great for you, you still came back. And I love that here you are all these years later. Um, still trying to fulfill that desire of making sure that managers and leaders in the building are engaging their team, making them understand and know they are more than just a warm body. And I love that uh, that's why we're here, part of why we're here today. So very cool. Um, I guess the, what I want to know from you is, you know, we ask everybody this, but Jay, what is it that you have done in your career to make sure that you stand out as you've tried to advance? So it's, it's a two parts uh, for me. Um, and once again, this is just from my own individual experience, but I do think it can be applied universally in, in different increments for, for everybody who's out there listening. And so when I, when I started uh, in, as part of the general frontline work service as an hourly associate in, in, a, in a, one of our stores, um, the, what's, what stood, what, helped me to stand out to my management team and to anybody I came in contact with, whether it was a customer, a vendor, a fellow associate, um, was I, I, somebody, some, one of my managers labeled me as a, a workhorse. And, um, you know, basically some, sometimes that can have a condensation that's negative, but they were saying it as a compliment. Anytime that I showed up to work, um, it was, it was, how can I help? How can, what can I do? Um, it didn't matter if I was hired to be a part-time overnight modular team associate or stalker. I was there to work and I enjoyed doing that. And I was passionate about doing that in order to have the opportunity to collect my paycheck every two weeks to put food on my table and provide for the people I care about. So I made it clear to my management team, regardless of the position that you've hired me for, tell me what you need. And I'll try and identify what you need on my own so that it saves you that step. But as a manager, if you need something, if you have a call out, if you have a department that you know needs an extra touch, if you need somebody to go clean something, the, the maintenance associate didn't show up. I was that guy. I was the, the universal soldier, the, the wearer of seven hats uh, throughout a shift. And I would really just make sure that everybody was taken care of, um, including my, my, myself. Um, you know, it, it, I didn't realize what I was doing at the time. I was just trying to be a good team, team member. But now in, in hindsight, uh, as you said, this many years later and, and having the, the fortunate uh, ability to lead from a higher level, uh, I was training myself and I was going uh, above and beyond and taking control of my attributes and my skill sets and making sure that I expanded my network of relationships. And I was learning how our buildings, how our business functions at a core level. And, uh, you know, it, 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 some days it, didn't uh, feel, you know, as valuable as I now see it as, but I would, I would contribute a lot of my 
career success to that fact alone is that I got such a good understanding of how our buildings work and how we serve the customers and everything it takes to, to do it on a day-to-day basis. So that's half the, half the equation, which is just showing up and showing out, being willing to, to put in the work. Um, the second half of the equation is oftentimes you hear about people talking the talk and, and walking the walk, right? There's, there's a lot of people who have that definitive line to where if you're talking a lot, sometimes the eyebrow raises on a certain individuals. They say, well, but, but what are you doing really? Um, so for the other half of my equation is I, I've been very uh, outspoken, very ver- verbose, but it was after I spent the first few years with the company being very quiet. Um, I, I, I kept my nose to the grindstone, kept my eyes down. You know, I did what I, what I explained in the first half of the equation, which is just learned and, and was willing to do anything and everything. After I started getting a, a good understanding of what was required and after I started having some, some ability to gauge what success, what, what good looks like, that's what we say in Walmart, right? What good looks like. Once I was comfortable with that, you know, I noticed that there was some people getting paid more than me in positions higher than me that didn't quite understand what good looks like. And I took it upon myself to not look at their title or their position, but to focus on their attitude and their aptitude. And if they were willing to partner with me or lend me an ear or a set of eyes, I would offer to help them understand what a good job looks like. And in doing so, I would also take from that relationship and learn things that I didn't know before going in to kind of help them. Um, and, And so I would say being outspoken as an individual, you have to sometimes invite yourself to the table. So if you, for example, for all those of you on the front line who are in a store, when you see your leadership, your market team, your divisional team, your regional team, or executive team, if they come into your building, obviously take care of the customer first always. But if you have an opportunity, you need to go tap them on the shoulder and introduce yourself and and ask questions and, and really be a part of that visit or that interaction so that you can, you can get that understanding that Walmart is huge. It is not just your store in your city or town in your state. It is a global entity. And the more that you network, the more that you're outspoken about who you are, what you want, and, and, and who can help get you that, you're going you're gonna to unlock a, a whole nother level of your career. Yeah, I love that. Going in, um, you know, I, we've heard it before, go in and do the work, show up and, you know, take on, you can take on those extra things after you've proven that you can do what you've done and you are, that you can handle your job, then pick up those extra things, learn a little bit more. Like you were saying, you tried, you know, you wore every seven different hats in the building. Um, I think that that's such an important way to gain the skills, but I, I also love what you're saying there that, you know, take advantage of the opportunities in front of you, whether it's learning from another leader or asking questions or whatnot, you know, um, you got to put yourself out there if you want to, you know, people don't know you exist if you don't tell them that you exist, right? So I think you're kind of going into that. Um, switching gears a little bit. So could you tell me what was one mistake you've made in your career and what did you learn from it? So I think there's two mistakes that really come to my mind. I know you asked for one and uh, sometimes we're hard pressed to get get that single answer out of our leaders, but I got, I got two solid ones uh, for everybody out there uh, listening. Um, the first one I've already kind of hinted on. So when I decided to quit 
the the organization. Um, I was at that moment in my my time after spending two and a half years as an hourly associate, I didn't understand what I just said about Walmart being a global entity. Um, I was I, I was quitting the global entity by submitting my resignation. But what I was really doing was just leaving a cantankerous relationship uh, that existed in one single store out of 4,000 plus locations in the, in the United States. And it was due to poor management and, and lack of leadership, I felt, in, in that situation. Um, so I would say that that was a, a pretty big mistake. Um, Fortunately, I was able to get that call from that uh, other management team after the new leadership, uh, Doug had, had come, uh, gotten behind the wheel and gave it a second shot. And it's been nothing but, but, you know, beautiful days and, and learning moments ever since then. Um, but I, I, in hindsight, that was a risky decision that I made, um, that could have changed my career path, uh, you know, in, in many of ways. So I would, I would just uh, suggest that for those who are out there right now, possibly, you know, this, this year has been harder than ever for everybody in the company, not to mention specifically our frontline associates who are in those stores servicing our customers day in and day out. Um, through, throughout all these challenges with the global pandemic and, and civil and social unrest and, and lots of policy adjustments and, and all everything that's encompassing, um, just really, really consider, um, you know, attitude, everyone's attitude is a big part of um, where each day goes. And if you wake up and are faced with a, a challenge or an obstacle, or maybe, you know, maybe it's just another individual, another human being who, who isn't being the greatest human being that they can be to others. Um, I would, I would really challenge you each and every one of you to, to take a moment, right? When you when you get in that experience, just take a moment to take a deep breath, you know, walk away if you have to, and really get get gathered internally about yourself. Like, is this is this challenge and this obstacle really worth me making a decision that could impact my future? Because um, Walmart, aside from this turbulent time, it has the ability and the opportunity and the benefits in place to really take really make it a lifelong career, no matter what your goals are. If you, you know, our, our health locations that are going up all across the country, if you wanted, I know a lot, I speak to a lot of hourly associates. I was one of them. I got my certified nursing assistance degree uh, while I was in, as an overnight stalker and I wanted to go into healthcare to take care of people. Well, guess what? Like we were hiring healthcare associates to staff these Walmart health centers. Um, the live better you uh, benefit that allows us to go to college for a dollar a day. Uh, you know, working remotely now because of the current situations with COVID, there's just so many options and opportunities um, for the everyday associate that I, I think people kind of lose sight of when the job becomes so tasking and challenging because of all these unexpected, uh, unprecedented circumstances. Um, so, so that was one mistake was quitting the company instead of addressing an isolated situation with specific individuals. Um, the second, um, the, the second mistake that I made was being, being selfish without being selfless. And now I've learned that you have to have equal parts of both. And sometimes 
as you keep that, that balance, sometimes you have to be a little bit more selfish than you do selfless. And other times you have to be a little bit more selfless than you do selfish, but you always want to try to get them back uh, in balance. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a young, you know, retail maverick, you know, I've been, I've been called, you know, the, the new generation of Walmart, right? You see a lot of these silver gold badge leaders who've been around since Mr. Sam's days and the, the wise ones will admit they're, they're reaching the end of their tenure here with the company because they've spent so much time uh, behind the wheel and they've seen so much. Uh, but for somebody young and up and up and coming, who's ambitious, who's hungry, who's who's just thirsty for knowledge and wants to to do more and be more and, and grow. Um, at the beginning, I was very much focused on the next promotion or just asking myself, where can I go? Who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do in order to become something greater? And not until probably within the past 12 months did I really put two and two together that I don't need a job title and I don't need the, the salary increase that comes with a promotion to start doing all those things that I just said, Be, being more, learning more, doing more and growing. I can do all that and everybody else can do all that literally right this moment. And, you know, that was a, it took many years of, of hard headedness and really just grinding uh, the, putting my, my nose to the grindstone and really thinking that I could, I could put that weight on my shoulders and just rough it out. And I'm going to, I'm going to do such a good job that everyone's going to notice me and I'm going to, I'm going to get places and meet people. And as soon as I let that off, took that off my back and started focusing on the day-to-day -day interactions and the day-to-day -day tasks and putting 100% of my head, my heart, and my hands into the actual job that I was doing, into every interaction with any customer, associate, vendor that I, that I uh, happened to come across that day, everything fell in place and it's, it's been amazing. So I would definitely, um, you know, forewarn and really ask everyone out there who, who wants, it's, it's not bad to, to want more responsibility. It's not bad to be hungry and thirsty. Um, but ask yourself, what can you do right this moment with, with nobody's permission? You can, you can do all the things you would do if you got a promotion right now, you know, you might not receive the, the, the compensation, you know, but I guarantee you, you are going to notice the, the difference your management team, your customers, your vendors, everyone around you, you're going to start to see the return on that investment as soon as you make that decision. But sometimes it's hard for us to get out of our own ways. Yeah. And it's funny you're saying that. Um, I actually have a quote that I've, I've been like kind of focused on this week. I think it's actually, you might be able to see it right up here. Um, but it's basically the, the quote is talking about um, influence has always been and always will be the currency of leadership and influence precedes authority and never does authority precede influence, right? So, so often we get focused on this idea that when I get the job, when I get the pay, when I get the title, when I get the whatever, then they'll see what I can do. Then I'll fix things. Then it's going to get better. But that's never how it's worked. If you go back through all history, the biggest difference makers have always been people who said, you know what, I'm going to make the change now and I'm going to put in the work now and I'm going to influence now. And eventually I'll 
change the world. Eventually, I'll get the promotion. Eventually, I'll do whatnot. But the motivation to do those things and to start influencing is because you just know it's the right thing to do and you're willing to do what it takes to do the right thing. So I'll get off my pedestal, back to you. So um, I, I know you just shared a lot there, but what advice would you give to someone who's trying to get promoted into a leadership role? So I think I'll piggyback off of my last sentiment, which is just to to slow down. Uh, I know that it's, it's really, uh, you know, ironic to say that during these times when we seem to be moving faster than ever as an organization. Um, but, but slow down, um, be able to listen to others before thinking about what you're going to say. Um, you, you know, there's, there's so much, uh, raw talent and ambition out there, um, that exists, within each and every one of us. And I, I think so often that uh, people are, you know, they, they want to be noticed. They want to be heard. They, some are outspoken, such as myself, and ha- have no problem, you know, getting that desire fulfilled by others. But there's a lot of people within our organization, that's just not their style. That's not their personality. They, they do a great job. They, they want similar or the same things to, to get noticed, to do more, to be more, to, to learn more and to grow. Um, but because they're not outspoken, it, it, you know, it takes a special kind of leader and a special kind of manager to notice those ones that fly under the radar, so to say. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would challenge everybody, especially the leaders, since, the, since we're talking about leaders of Walmart here, um, you know, to slow down. And, and we all have our, our selfish, you know, uh, desires, um, for our careers and for, for our lives. Um, but there are a lot of people out there who need our time, our focus and our attention as leaders in everyday business. So you wake up, you, you, you clock in for the day and whether you're walking into a store or you're starting your, your day of meetings, um, you know, think about everybody who reports to you or who reports underneath your organization and make a list, make a mental or a physical list, whatever helps you out on, on giving, you know, time out of your day back to those individuals and, and trying to find out where their head's at, where their heart's at and where their hands are at ultimately in, in the work that they're doing for you and for, for Walmart. Um, you know, the, the, Advice that I would give on top of that um, for maybe somebody who doesn't have direct reports and maybe they, they're just functioning in a job, um, you know, whether it's a, a service job uh, remotely behind a computer screen and a phone helping the, the business run and stay well oiled as a, as a machine. Or maybe it's somebody in our stores who, you know, runs a cash register or pushes carts. Um, I would I would suggest that you to your point, utilize the influence that you have as a human being, especially in such a broad organization as Walmart. And one way to do that today that is free of cost is social media. And we are all here right now talking to these thousands of individuals in this interview because of social media. 
And we are fortunate enough to work for a company, a Fortune One company at that, who has leveraged and continues to leverage the uh, ability and, and the benefits that social media offers to our internal associate uh, base. And so I would say if you're not on social media talking about uh, your career, about yourself, about your store, about your customers, now with 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 tact, right? You have you have to be professional. Um, but as you as you uh, you know think about that, you, you, how 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 many of you out there are on your phone, and how often every day, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, whether you're doing uh, an activity like going to a park or something, you most likely have your phone in your pocket. How can you utilize that equipment to benefit what you want out of your career? Yeah. Yeah, um, a lot there. Um, I'm just going to let you, we'll just go right into this very next one, which is what do you believe is the biggest challenge for today's leaders to overcome? And what advice would you give them for overcoming it? Yeah, um, everyone kind of takes a breath. And I've heard a lot of leaders talk about the, the change, the pace of change, the, the vast, you know, scale of change uh, for those people who've been around the company for decades, um, never seen anything like this. And I, I agree that that is definitely a, a hurdle to jump over. But for, for speaking to myself uh, in my own reflection and to every single leader within this organization who has a team or, or teams underneath their direct organization, the biggest challenge that I think we face as leaders is making ourselves vulnerable to all of our people. Um, giving access, like we're doing right now. You and I are having a one-on-one -on -one conversation, but we're sharing it with thousands of people on our own accord. Nobody, yeah. nobody asked us to do this. Nobody is paying us extra in our job to do this. We're making a conscious decision to try and help the greater good of our company. And I feel like sometimes the brand, maintaining the brand or maintaining the title as, as we gain more responsibility and we gain uh, more obligation uh, to, to the company and to the shareholders, we forget what's going on over here behind my left shoulder, which is our people make the difference. Mm -hmm. Not our metrics, not our, our stock incentive, it is our people. Now, don't get me wrong. We are a for-profit business. The metrics and, and the stock incentive, the, you know, how we perform, it, at the end of the day, we get to collect, we get the privilege to collect our paychecks every two weeks because we deliver results. But we don't deliver results without the people. And the biggest challenge that I think we face as leaders as the business changes at a unprecedented rapid pace is that we don't get so caught up in what the next play is, but we stop for a minute and we focus on who's gonna be running that play. Yeah. What does that associate have going on in their life right now? What are their kids doing? What, what are their parents, how is, how's the health of their parents? You know, what, what is that, my, my associates, my team that I need to deliver those results so that we can all collect our check and continuing to provide the lifestyle we want and be relevant as a company, as a global entity in, in the 21st century going forward. What does that person got going on? And I would, I would say that we, we're doing a pretty good job. Uh, you know, we've had countless leaders here on Leaders of Walmart who's given us this access 
given given this look inside their life. Uh, but we got a lot more to go. And uh, so, you know, with that being said, I'd like to call out Mark Laurie, uh, Doug McMillan, John Ferner, uh, Janie Whiteside, um, Judith McKenna. Uh, I'd love for all of you to to join Zach, myself, the rest of the individuals, because we're growing, right? We have more people conducting these interviews now just because they saw what was happening and 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 benefit so much from it. So access, vulnerability, and and, and just from our leadership, those would be the two things. I think um, there was a, a leader that once called it unvarnished truth. So yeah. a, a, a a U.S. communications email. It's all good and fine. It tells us what's going on, why it's going on. We need the unvarnished truth. We need a human in to human interaction. We need to see the emotion behind the business decision. Yeah. Well, and I want to end it with this question, which you kind of touched base on a little bit there. So why is leaders of Walmart important or why are you dedicating your time to this? Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's, it's simple. Like I said, I got the, the poster on the wall for the, for a reason. And, um, it, it's so, it, it's my, the only reason why I am in a management or a leader position within Walmart is so that I can try and impact one person at a time, one associate at a time, the same way that I was impacted when I joined the company in 2014, when I came back and it was because of one salaried member of management who completely destroyed the bad impression that I had when I decided to quit from the previous cantankerous management team. It was one store manager who, who made me feel like a million dollars just by taking a time to have a five minute conversation while I was zoning the Kool-Aid section uh, yep. in, in our juice aisle. And the, the way that he talked to me and interacted with me and, and slowed himself down, I want I, that, that told me right there is like, man, if this can make me feel this way, I want to be a manager so that I can make as many people with, across uh, as many parts of our business feel that way. Yep. And, and definitely uh, it, Leaders of Walmart was started for the associates, by the associates, to give access to their leadership team so that they could want, they could, they could satisfy the need to want more, be more, learn more, and do more. All right. Very good. Well, Jay, I appreciate you taking the time out to um, kind of flip, you know, flip the script a little bit and be interviewed instead of being the interviewer. Um, so thanks for your time today. I really appreciate it and look forward to uh, the next episode of Leaders of Walmart with you. Later, Zach. Appreciate it, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to SparkCast. Join us on Workplace to learn more about this episode. Join the Social Champs program and how-to guides on improving your social posts. Until next time, be the spark the world needs.